Bill, it's, it seems to me that the logical place for you and I to start this conversation is just for the benefit of those who are listening who may not be familiar, tell us a little bit about paddle sports and paddle. Yes, well, uh, paddle, uh, right now, paddle is the f- by far the fastest growing racket sport in the world. Not long ago, there was only about seven countries and then moved up to about 25 countries, and now we're over 70 countries in all continents. So the sport is taking off. Uh, with lightning speed all over the world. Uh, paddle as a game is a, is a combination of tennis and squash. Some people say it's uh, tennis with walls, and others say it's squash with a net in the middle. Okay. Um, uh, we played in an enclosed structure. Uh, it's about a third of the size of a tennis court. Uh, if we're indoors, we need about 25, uh, 24 feet of clearance so that the lobs can, can, sure. can go where they need to go. Sure. Um, uh, and the paddle itself is actually made out of a compressed foam, uh, and it's quite lightweight and it's perforated, so the air goes through and, and you're able to put more spin on the ball. Uh, we use a regular tennis ball, and uh, um, as opposed to other sports, it's an underhand serve. So it takes you 30 seconds to learn how to serve instead of 30 years. <laughs> and um, so we're happy about that part of it. Yeah. And the walls are in play. You know, after the bounce, the, uh, after the bounce on your opponent's court, they can hit a wall and it's still alive before the second hit. Uh, before the second bounce. Uh, and it's always a double scheme, which leads to, uh, to the sport being very social yeah. uh, and, uh, and uh, very efficient when it comes to ownership because you can fill three paddle courts in the size of one tennis court. So, um, And, uh, yeah, it, I mean, if people wanted to see what paddle is really all about, uh, they would just uh, basically Google something that says P-A-D-E-L best points, Padel yep. best points, and they can have a look at it and explain it a lot better than me. Uh, no, no, you did a fine uh, job. This time. So I want to make sure I understand this. Sure. The sport itself is called paddle. Padel, right? yes. P- padel, it, but not it, paddle. Yeah, well, padel. no. It, yeah, we used to call it P-A-D-D-L-E, and they yelled at me because the official <laughs> name of the word is P-A-D-E-L, just okay. like basketball or volleyball. Sure. But it's phonetically, it, we say paddle. Paddle. Yes. Okay. Yes. And now, help me out with this. Sure. Where does it, you mentioned tennis and squash. Yes. But there's another sport that I'm slightly familiar with or a game called pickleball. Yes. Where does that fit into this? Is that a, a variation of this? Is that? Yeah, I think so. There's a, there's a, uh, there's a, a paddle tennis, which is one sport. There's another one called platform tennis out east, uh, of the, which is another sport. Okay. Pickleball, which is another one. Yeah. Uh, my joke, my personal joke on pickleball is I'm too young to play pickleball okay. yet. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. It's yeah. a, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Anytime I can see anybody out there playing any sport whatsoever at right. any age, I think it's great. So, but ours has walls. Pickleball does not. We use a tennis ball, and they, I believe, well, they use a, a plastic perforated ball, and, and their paddles are made of wood, basically, and smaller than ours. Ours are a lot more active, and they're a lot more powerful. So you mentioned the walls, and you mentioned the comparison to squash. Is it safe to assume, then, the walls are in play? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. The walls are in play after the bounce, so you can't sit on my side of the court and hit the ball um, in the air and hit your walls. They must it must bounce on your court first. Now after that, then it can hit one or two ball uh, walls. Sorry, and then you can still play it and it's still alive. Now if it bounces a second time, then you lose a point. Okay. Yes. So who you mentioned the growth of the game? Yes. Who's playing the game, Bill? Who where where is the growth coming from? Well, the growth uh, and it was a slow growth. It was invented in 1969 in Acapulco by a tennis fanatic. Mm-hmm. Uh, who basically dynamited the side of a hill uh, of his villa to try and get a tennis court. At the time that he couldn't get a tennis court, he, he, he sort of uh, adapted and made a smaller court. To make a very long story short, uh, that's where our sport grew out of. 
Um, uh, so Mexico invented the sport. From there went to uh, a very wealthy individual. From there went to, um, uh, to Spanish uh, royalty. And it stayed in royalty. Then it went to Argentina uh, through, uh, again, it's what they call royalty when it comes to the rugby fellows. Right. So it stayed in those three countries until the late 80s. Then after that, uh, in the early 90s, uh, it started to expand to seven countries. Uh, uh, I founded the sport here in Canada in 1992, and we joined the World Federation in 1993. We had seven countries then. Uh, let me just guess. By 2000, we had around 12. Okay. By about... Um, uh, let me see, 2000, say around 214, we had around 28, and now we're about 35 official countries in the World Federation, but there's 70 countries that I have files on right. that are playing the sport, and it's growing. All continents, right? Uh, private, semi-private, beachfront, hotels, uh, schools, you name it. It's, it's just booming. So, what, Bill, what's driven the growth? Is it, is it other racket sports and this is easy to enter is it the sport itself what has driven that growth in, in, in my opinion variety two things uh, number one uh, if you happen to be an owner of a club and tennis uh, which is usually the case uh, it seems to uh, be waning a bit and, and not expanding you could sacrifice one tennis court and, and actually build three paddle courts inside that area, which okay. means you have now, because it's a double skip, you sure. now have four, eight, twelve people playing the same square footage wow. as uh, four maximum. Okay. Then you have you know, 12 rackets, 12 uh, meals, and 12 lessons, et cetera, et cetera. So it makes huge economic sense uh, from that end of it. Now, if you look at the sport itself, um, basically from, you know, say, 6 to 96, you can play it. It's a very easy game to play. It's, mm -hmm. uh, uh, because of the walls and the, and the partners involved, uh, you can keep the ball alive. It's not a power game. It's an underhand serve. It's a lot of finesse and patience, and uh, uh, okay. it's a very, very social. So, therefore, because it's easy to get into, it's not very expensive other than the court. Right. Um, it, it, it's just taken off. Yeah. So, so tell me a little bit, because uh, there's so many different directions, but let, sure. let's just talk about the sport itself. Yes. You mentioned it's easy to get into. Yes. How would you describe it? We're not talking about power. So is it, a, is it a mental game? Is it a, you know, a finesse game? How would you describe it? Yeah, uh, and I've got a physical education background. I've coached and all that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff. And, and when I first saw it, I thought, you know what? And uh, um, uh, this is going to be a great game for an awful lot of people, whether they're young, whether they're um, uh, old, as I am now, and or somewhere in between. Uh, there's some great athleticism if you see some of the top players in the world play it. Mm -hmm. But... You and I could play on on a paddle tomorrow, and having spent two hours on the court, and we would still have a lot of a lot of funs and a lot of hits. And many, many times that I hear from new people playing, they say, "You know, Bill, I didn't win one game. However, I got to hit a lot of shots. Yeah, because the ball is in an enclosed area; it's easy to hit, and the implement is a paddle is very close to your palm, as opposed to a tennis racket or squash, which is sure. quite far away. Sure. So therefore, so so ease ease of the sport. Uh, yeah. And uh, economic sense uh, that uh, that makes it grow. There's pro leagues. Uh, that some of those pros in, in in Spain, Argentina, and other places are making three, four, five hundred thousand euros a year playing this sport. Okay. Television's just taken over, and uh, so it's it's become a multi-billion-dollar sport. Almost, uh, you know, over the last three or four years, sure. and because of what we just spoke about, so yeah. people are putting a lot of courts because it makes sense, and uh, a lot of people are taking to it because it's easy to play. So let's talk about the cost. Um, yes. you mentioned the, the racket itself. Yes, um, is that essentially, you know. It, I assume with most sports, when we talk about racket sports or court sports, we're talking about good footwear, the proper athletic right. gear. That's an assumption we make. Right. But then it's is the racket, the balls, that type of thing. Is it an expensive sport? Uh, well, relatively.
arguably the basically sure um, if you were to go play tennis to this afternoon somewhere in Calgary and on a nice day you dress exactly the same way outdoor sure. court shoes etc uh, tennis balls you know they're probably I don't know four dollars a can for three tennis balls of paddles you can go anywhere between sixty dollars and um, what would be in Canadian dollars probably four hundred dollars okay depending on which mm-hmm. level you want to play yep. so we usually like to keep it in and around the hundred dollar level so we can get more people playing with decent equipment okay. we don't want to play with wooden paddles etc so so uh, once the courts are built uh, in our facility um, uh, the Calgary Paddle Club basically we have the paddles mm-hmm. so all you do is show up with a big smile on your face and then we get you right. to play okay so I don't need to it's, it's not like uh, you know another sport where I'd have to purchase something ahead of time and and, and come down and play. I could start off by using somebody else. That's paddle. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We uh, we we bought extra paddles. The community bought extra paddles on purpose because we didn't want that to be a factor. That to say, I'm sorry, but uh, you can't yeah. play. You don't have paddles, so yeah. we have them. Now, if you like it, then of course. The paddles do uh, get used, and we'd like you to buy your own. Sure. But that certainly isn't going to prevent us from getting you on the court initially. So a couple of things you mentioned. One, that it's a doubles sport. Yes. Are we talking – where's – I? You tell me, is it mostly mixed? Is it mostly, uh, you know, guys and girls? Or how, do, how does yeah, Excellent work? question. And, and uh, maybe it goes back a little bit to the ease of the game part. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've ran tournaments uh, here, and, you know, we had a world championship, et cetera. But, but if you look at the grassroots uh, of our events, it's not unusual to see a father and daughter or a mother and son mm-hmm. or a brother and sister or a grandpa, and a, et cetera. And, and sure. uh, uh, again, the, you can up your game. And, and hit a lot of winners, or you can dumb down your game a little bit and keep the ball alive, make sure everyone that's on that court has a lot of fun. So, um, for instance, we had a pro soccer player and his wife and a couple of very good squash players on the court the other day, that uh, and they kept the ball alive for forever. It's like they were pros. Okay. And uh, so, um, so from that end, yeah, you know, you, 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 once you're on that court, you know, it doesn't take a lot to, uh, to be able to have fun. Tell me about the coaching component to it, because mm-hmm. you, you've done a very nice job of explaining that it's very easy to come in. Entry level is easy, but mm-hmm. you know, if I want to pursue it, yes. how, how intense does the coaching become? How you know how much strategy could be involved? Well, the, again, um, we let let's um, let's sort of uh, uh, carbon copy what they would do in tennis okay. or squash or, or yep. any other sport for okay. that matter. Um, we've got programs from the very beginners who have never had an implement in their hand, right, all the way to the uh, to the apt that have had uh, you know um, careers in tennis that no longer play in squash and want to play ours. So anywhere in between. So for me, in, in the coaching part, you know, I go into the basics of it. Uh, and then, and then, the client, the, the the player will let me know just how much he wants sure. to play. If they really, really love the sport, and there's a lot of senior tournaments coming up, by the way, in our sport, then uh, we can take them there. You know, we've mm-hmm. got uh, we've got in our in our in our um, club, uh, we've got the two top uh, coaches or um, uh, trainers in Canada. Period. Thirty five plus years of experience. Mm. We've got one senior championship that we won in '94. Uh, we've got a uh, fifth place finish of our women in uh, world championships in uh, 2008 and an incredible uh, Jamaican bobsled team story. <laughs> uh, we ended third in the world in junior boys in Seville, Spain in 2009. Okay. So we have the ability, the athletes yep. uh, in Canada to be able to get to the top in the middle 
or otherwise. We've got kids coming from schools, uh, luckily in the local area. Some of them have never played anything other than, you know, whatever, yeah. soccer. Yeah. And they're right into it as well. So we can take it uh, to the top level. We don't need to, you know, to import any coaches or trainers here. We've got them here already. Uh, and so uh, it's up to uh, the student itself uh, how much he wants to or she wants to get. So a couple things that I want to ask you about because, and you mentioned your your physical education background. Sure. Um, you know, Sport Calgary, myself personally, big believers in multi-sport discipline. Absolutely. What is this a complementary sport to? If, is there another, you know, an athlete is playing and a parent's listening to this. Right. Geez, this would really help them. Well, you know, I could go on for a long time. Please. Uh, I've, I've played, I've played uh, born and raised in Argentina, and the only thing I knew was soccer. And yep. then after that, they, they got me to hit this thing with a wooden stick it's called <laughs> baseball and sure. i get to kick this lemon which is called a football it's it so um you can uh, uh, we've got uh, for instance uh, I, I i guess the direct answer would be tennis and squash any other racket sport badminton as right. well because you yeah. get to see the court and the footwork but you know you could have a uh, cross training in many many other sports because there's a lot of there's a lot of you have to see the court you have to work with a with a partner mm-hmm. and so uh, you could uh, you know you could do that you could come in as a, for soccer for instance uh, we we use the courts to, to train sometimes to do soccer volleyball where you drop the ball and, and you hit it back over over the court as if we're playing tennis or volleyball, but you're playing with a soccer ball. So you can train doing soccer. Yep. Um, we've had uh, some of Canada's top tennis juniors come and play. Uh, their coaches brought them here at, yep. uh, uh, because they thought, you know, the, the, the volleying of my kids, Bill, when I bring them to the paddle courts before a tournament is incredible because that's, that part of the game is very important in paddle. And it's very small, so so that's in, uh, so it's not going to hinder anybody's tennis. And don't be afraid to bring your kids out. Right. And the squash part of it, when it comes to uh, to the wall work and how you work with the partner as well. But uh, so yeah, there's a lot of cross training possibilities that uh, um, that could happen with this sport. Yeah, I, just always looking for diversification and, and a sport like this that you know may, maybe might be a little easier because again. You know, Jeannie Bouchard, whoever, sure. you know, all Pospisil, all they're driving people to, to racket sports and the tennis, right. which is good. Yes. And there's, you know, different fits for everybody, which I'm all. That, yes. But let's talk about somebody in the elite side of things. Right. How, you know, what's a, you know, a long-term athlete development model in your eyes for someone to become an elite athlete in this sport? Um, yeah. Well, you have to, I guess, early on. I get, To me, early on would be around eight years old. Uh, anything less than that, uh, you know, you have to be careful with, uh, you know, the elbows and shoulders and such. Yeah. So in and around eight years old, you start with your basics. And then um, what I've seen around the world, when you're around 10, 11 years old, uh, basically with a good eye, mm-hmm. you're going to be able to tell whether physically and technically the, the individual, boy right. or girl, has right. a... Now, the part we can't uh, know and help, of course, is the psychological part of the sure. game and, and where you come from. Uh, but, uh, you know, so you, you could, uh, you know, you start with the basics, you know, around eight years old, and you work with the basics until around 12 years old. And then after that, you, you veer off into an elite training program, which is everything from... Um, uh, you know, from technique, tactics, uh, nutrition, training, the yeah. whole yeah. the whole thing that we can package together based on time, because sometimes sometimes they don't have as much time as they do others. But but, uh, but it's uh, it's it's there. Our, uh, maybe I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but the reason we can't get to that, mm-hmm. uh, and I guess this, later on in the conversation might have come up, but 
Uh, we have to set up our courts in April, thanks yep. to Mother Nature. We have to take them down in October, yep. thanks to Mother Nature. Okay. So, so just as I'm getting my the, the kids and everyone involved and et cetera, we have to close the courts. And for 27 years, we've not been able to build an indoor facility, which severely restricts us in training and getting better, and more importantly, in keeping the kids with us. Gotcha. Because they'll come in and play, and Mom and Dad says, you know, Bill, I'm sorry, but it's November, and, uh, you know, and yeah, my kid's oh, yeah. taking a volleyball, and, yeah, yeah. and no, he's not going to come up and play battle anymore. But if we're able to keep them through, uh, if we have the proper facilities, we certainly have the athletes here to, to work with and take them to top levels. So I do want to talk about Calgary specifically, but before yes. I get to there, is that sure. is what you just talked about, is that a Canada problem, or do we have indoor facilities in the country? No, basically we only have courts in, Ca- in Calgary right now. Um, we've got uh, five courts, uh, yeah, five courts in Calgary. Okay. Um, uh, we had courts in Quebec. I helped them organize uh, okay. uh, some courts in Quebec. We had courts... Uh, uh, no, we never end up coach Vancouver, but there's been sparks of enthusiasm. But the problem, I think, or the challenge is, is you know, it's a great idea, but you do it first. Oh, you yeah. Know, you know, it's a great oh, idea, yeah. but you do it first. Yeah. You know, if I could, or you do, take the risk. Yeah. Right. If we had yeah. the wherewithal to take, a, um, say, an owner or, or, or a facility um, operator mm. and fly them over and talk to anyone around the planet, I don't care if it's Australia, Spain, or Lithuania for all I care. Yeah. Uh, then they would be able to see, wow, why haven't I d- done this before? Right. Because, you know, then you can play all year round and et cetera. But, but it's, it's a problem we have in Canada. Um, uh, Sweden, I'll give you a great example. Mm-hmm. Sweden, four years ago, we barely beat them uh, in the World Championship uh, in, in Mexico. Yep. Uh, and they had two indoor courts. Right now, they have over 100 indoor courts in Sweden. They have the same weather patterns as we do here. Yes, they do. And the same costs and the same taxes and the whole nine yards. Sure. Why are they, after five years... I'm going to take a wild stab at the dark and suggest that they had a parent or a um, champion stand up and fronted the money for the first one themselves because they were tired of their kid not being able to play inside because I've seen that movie before. Does that sound familiar? It's a little bit familiar. The other thing we have as a challenge is uh, um, uh, all of the epicenter of this sport, the best epicenter of the sport is in Spain. Yes. So you happen to be in Sweden, you go on holidays in the in the, sure. eh, and the right courts there. are right yeah. there. Yeah. Whereas we have to, you know, fly over quite a bit, sure. and it's not the competition's not there. The, it's not visual. It's not uh, covered in the news or anything. So therefore, people, it's easier for them to say, "Whoa, you know, I better take you know one of my tennis courts, turn them into three of these, and all of a sudden." And then, of course, what happens is if you have it, you're a club owner, then I gotta have it too. Yeah, and that's what it went to. absolutely. Um, it, it, it does harken back to earlier in the conversation when you were kind of listing the accolades and the fact that a junior team, junior boys team, could go over and finish third in the world with no indoor. Yeah. That, that, that speaks to it, the caliber of yeah. the training and the coaching. Yeah. That, and thank you for doing that. And that, that's in, in, incredible, the possibilities that we have here. And it's so frustrating for me sure to is. be able to see the fact that we can't uh, compete. Um, well, we just can't. You know when we can compete, though? Between, say, I would say between 8 and 12, mm-hmm. because the other guys have not had a chance to be on court as much and sure. more than we have. Now, right. as you get to 16 and 18, yeah. whew, they overtake us by a mile. But when we get to a 10-year-old, you know, I can work with a 10-year-old for two months, two and a half months, and take him to a world event. And he's not going to be, he or she is not going to be that far away, you know, right. you know right. from, as a Canadian kid. But after yeah. that, though, 
uh, we get further and further along sure. as time goes. Sure, because now we're not into the winter time. And That's and, correct. And, okay, so having said that, let's bring it down and let's talk about Calgary and let's talk yes. about your club here. And yes. what, 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 where are you? What do we need to know? And, and how can we find you? Well, you, we are at the um, at Glenbrook Community, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, 3524 45th Street Southwest. Uh, the small background history on, on our facility is uh, um, a few years back, the community, and we've known each other for, for a long time, of course, I do volunteer work there. It's a bill, you know, what can we do with this hockey rink? Yeah. Uh, because the only thing we do is just flood it over, there's weeds growing and, and nothing happens. So with my background and such, and I said to them, well, g- give me an idea of what you want. So he said, well, you give us your plan. And of course, by the time I finished, it was about 20 million bucks. And <laughs> that didn't go. But they said, no, we appreciate your uh, <laughs> enthusiasm. enthusiasm <laughs> yeah. But that's not going to happen. Uh, so, but we did do though, uh, and I think it's uh, and it was covered uh, in, in in the news um, um, and it went Canada wide. What we did do is we took the existing uh, square footage of a hockey rink. Mm-hmm. Uh, on one end, we we split the court, the hockey rink and put uh, three on three soccer or ball hockey. Yep. In the middle, we put two hoops so you can play volleyball and basketball width wise. Yep. And at the end, we put two paddle courts. Yep. So now, when you go into the facility over at Glenbrook, uh, you can if you, if it's busy at paddle, you can play basketball and so forth. And so yep. there's a mix match, and there's a lot of kids that uh, that are going there. So it's a multi-use, multifaceted facility as as we speak, which helps in our programming because somebody says, "Listen, Bill, I have a birthday party, but you don't have enough paddle courts." I go, no problem. Just we'll do some paddle and we'll do some basketball and we'll do some soccer and then you go in and, and finish yep. up, for yep. instance. Yep. But so so that's where we are. Uh, the other thing we we have is it costs me uh, us yeah. a couple of pizzas and, and some beverages in the springtime to get people to come over and help us build the courts because they're they're not uh, nut and bolted together. Okay. So we build them and then yep. of course same two couple of pizzas and some beverages. Sure, you take, them, take down. them down. But that answers one of my questions. So sure. this this is. Conceptually, what you're talking about, what you've done, yes. could be done at any outdoor arena within our city, with anybody city. Yeah, th- th- it, this should be the right model for multi-use. It's full right season. there. Yeah. it's yeah. right there. Yeah, and and, uh, and in fact, we've had. Uh, <laughs> Um, and Murray uh, uh, asked uh, the president of Glenbrook when, when it, it was covered on television, and he kind of, his own way, gave me heck. He says, you know, thanks, Bill. He says, I've got calls from Halifax, Northwest Territories, Vancouver. i got Edmonton. Yep. i got Saskatchewan. They're all asking me about what we've done here. Yeah. I said, well, just pass them over to me, and I'll explain it to them. Because it's just, you know, how many thousands of rinks do we have there? Oh, They're already absolutely. slated for recreational use. Absolutely. You've got all the facilities, yeah. bathrooms and everything. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, it would be fantastic uh, uh, for that to happen. And uh, in fact, yeah, we're, we're constantly talking to people uh, about it. But uh, so we've done. Oh uh, no, we've done we well need champions. Though. There's no yeah, doubt about that's it. That's for sure. So, so, Bill, let's talk about the club itself. Uh, yes. How big is it? Um, how, well, how do you operate? How can people get involved? All right. Uh, well, you can get involved by going into info at calgarypaddle.ca and. Uh, Email us. Uh, we yep. have a webpage, www.calgarypaddle.ca, uh, and you can see what we're all about, pictures and all those good things. Uh, make it really easy for you to uh, uh, to come in and have a go at it. You know, I, I give up a lot of my time uh, um, to show up and, and do some clinics and, mm-hmm. and such. Um, um, what else was I going to say about it? Uh, uh, easy access. Yeah. We don't lock the doors, etc. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll. There's a lot of uh, programming that uh, that we do from uh, uh, from junior training uh, to senior training to just fun everyday um, uh, everyday activities over at the courts. 
Um, how many courts do we have then? Well, how sorry, many courts we have, do you have we access? Have, we have two courts. Okay. We have two courts there that are uh, that are fully that are open and in use. Um, uh, we didn't want to do any more because then that would take away from all the other sports that we could do. It's outdoors, um, obviously, or unfortunately yeah. for now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, lots of parking. We have bathrooms there. We have an area where we could do barbecues and, and, mm-hmm. and such. So it's, a, it's a nice little tight little cover. We've got, I would say, with well, two courts, you can't really have 500 members. You know, but we've got around 85 to 100 active members when, okay. when they come out. Okay. Uh, innumerable of, of kids that come out and play, whether they're playing basketball in the walkover or the schools and such. Yeah. Um, so there's, uh, you know, from, from that end, um, I'm not sure we could grow it numbers-wise, m- you know, much more. Yeah. But, um, uh, but then again, you know, people go on holidays and, uh, you know, the courts are open. So there's a, we have a booking system so that you don't just show up and get mad at somebody for playing <laughs> In your spot, fair enough. So, uh, but but again, it's it's uh, it's run by volunteers. It's a nonprofit, a registered nonprofit association, mm-hmm. and uh, and we're there to serve the community. Now, you, you are th- are there other clubs across Canada? I know we talked about the lack of facilities, but are there right. other clubs? Uh, the uh, the club, uh, there's another club, literally 500 yards from where we are at the um, yeah. Okay. Uh, AE Cross, yeah, AE Cross School. Okay. Uh, I built those courts. Yeah. Uh, they were, you know, um, when I say I myself and, and the people involved at the yep. time built the courts, and they're still in operation. They're run by someone else now. Okay. Another another uh, group. Uh, so there's uh, um, possibilities there. Uh, we're more inclined to uh, juniors, families, and, and sure. uh, kids and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And so um, uh, so we get a lot of traffic from that end of it, you know, especially people that can just walk to the courts. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, yeah. And in my case, um, uh, from the club perspective, uh, and you ask a question about um, elite players, yeah. should we get them? Yeah. Well, I've got access to about those 70 countries. I was a, um, a director of the World Paddle Federation for 10 years. I just retired about okay. a year ago. So I have invites. You know, Bill, we need a Canadian flag. Come on over and visit sure. it. Support us, etc. So if we ever get to the point where, whether it's a senior, uh, men, women, or juniors, or otherwise, uh, there's plenty of time, uh, opportunity, I should say, to travel and represent Calgary, anyways, and our flag for sure. One of the one of the guys, Jungle Jim Hunter, part of the Crazy Canucks, yes. often talked about you know the Winter Olympics as being a haven for you know, the parent or the child that really wants to go somewhere, but, mm-hmm. you know, the sports are too clogged and there's too many. Your sport sounds like it's ripe for, you know, somebody to get in and go a long way, Yeah, quite honestly. Uh, yeah, and, and you know what? The uh, We've had people in our history, especially that one special group of 2009, the parents came up to me and said, you know, I spent tens of thousands of dollars on my child, uh, tennis or squash, everything, which is wonderful, is it, but never in my dreams could i think that you know, yeah. my kid could represent his country or world championship the flag well those all those kids through our little sport that nobody seems to know much about have that for the rest of their lives they can say right. you know what have you ever played for canada and no but i did yeah you know uh and now of course uh, the, the, you know the sports exploded and uh, yeah so it has a lot more meaning but it, that's one of the key, one of the little hooks that we have for them. I say, listen, you know, because of the sport is is uh, is only in Calgary and it's quite young. Um, there's a very good possibility that uh, you know your child could represent the flag. 
and how many times do you get well to no that that's kind of the neat part about all of this is it seems like it's you know it's a sport that you t- said right off the top is easy to enter yes. you know mm-hmm. limited in terms of cost you're not talking about a kid having to spend a thousand or no. two thousand no. dollars a no. year on equipment right um and and Let's be perfectly honest. The, there is a, a bit of a revolution in racket sports going mm-hmm. on right now, and, the, yeah. and this is part of that, I yeah. think. And we are, uh, we're not initially, initially the tennis pros, I'm going to pick on them for a second, <laughs> it looked at us as competition. Sure. And, and I said, well, just, you know, first of all, it, we're not. The background you have as a coach, you know, your level three, four, whatever it is that yeah. they have, 90% of that you could use. Uh, all I have to do is teach you the waltz. That's 10%. Now, now, Joe Smith, yeah. you could go in and, and teach mom and dad tennis, sell them rackets, sell them this, sell that, yeah. and double up on your on your uh, ability to teach racket sports and right. teach them paddle. They right. Sell them paddle, sell them lessons, sell them this. So in, in a snap of a second, very little time invested, you could double up on your business if you really wanted to, if you had the courts. So we're not competition, but we're an add-on. Uh, and an enhancement to the facility owner and to the pros. They need extra. I mean, you're not always going to have tennis lessons. So now teach and paddle. It's complimentary when it comes to the sports. Bill, as I wrap up, normally we'll get back to the call to action in a second, but what I would like to talk to you a little bit about is maybe finding that champion, maybe finding that person, Mm -hmm. you know, out there who might be of Spanish descent or something, grew up playing the sport that didn't even know, yes. but wants to help. What What is the cost of, A, an outdoor court, and what's your dream project for indoor courts? Well, and, uh, again, thanks for asking. The, the cost of an outdoor court, to bring it into Calgary, uh, it used to be like 60,000 euros, which is obscene. Sure. Yeah. Now, um, well, I know a couple of manufacturers. We could probably all in get it in from 25 to 28. 30,000 depends okay. how fancy you want to get. Sure. Now, we're talking glass courts, uh, glass tempered glass courts are a little more expensive. The ones we have here are wooden walls mm-hmm. simply because they're in a public facility and you know what happens to bus stops. <laughs> yep, we sure so do. we don't want that to happen. Right. And so so the cost of of uh, you know um, of the court uh, is that. Now, my dream uh, obviously and for not just me but for our sport in the future and so we want to join the world family again. Yeah. It uh, would be to be able to place at least one court or two courts in Calgary so we could keep the game alive and prove it up to other facility owners or operators that, you know, you ought to consider us. You know, it's not really that bad. So for very little investment and uh, uh, relatively speaking, um, you know, the potential is huge, uh, uh, not just here, but Anyway, you become yeah, you become part of the world family. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I also had uh, my friends in Mexico, especially, wanted to start sending their kids so they can learn English and play paddle. They mm-hmm. want me to train them and, and, and all that. And I said I'd love to do that. The problem, uh, there's a small challenges. So first of all, I don't have indoor court. Second of all, you're going to do all this planning, and in Calgary, you're going to get four days of rain. Oh yeah, and guess what? You're yeah. going to yell at me forever. So, but uh, uh, the uh, why can't we do it here? If it's being done everywhere else, I say we can't. The problem is we need one champion yeah, to say, yeah. you know what? Uh, relatively speaking, uh, you know, and you know, I've got more numbers than I can shake a stick at. So it doesn't matter which way, which, it doesn't matter which way you turn them. Yeah, you know, it does make sense. But we don't have that one. 
yeah. already done so we can go off of it. And, and you know what? We, and we've seen it dozens of times over in this city. And even, you know, Okotoks, you look at the Okotoks dogs. Somebody yep. wanted to build a ballpark. Exactly. We got a ballpark. You know, exactly. the, the, the new tennis facility. Somebody yep. was a exactly. big tennis player. We just need to find that one for a paddle. Um, yep. Okay. So somebody's listening today, yes. wants to get involved, wants to contact you. How can they find out more information? Uh, well, the best way to do this would be to go uh, just send us an email. Okay. And whatever information you want to at uh, info at calgarypaddle.ca and then we do have a web page it's not going to win an academy award but we do have a web page it's at www.calgarypaddle.ca and um, more than uh, you know uh, whatever question is big right. small or otherwise please contact us and uh, see how we can get you involved well and i'm going to throw in the fact that you are a member of sport calgary so you can always connect with sport calgary and we can always find but, you bill yes that's, that's a shame on me for not having no no no, no, no. <laughs> absolutely thank you very much